0: You're constantly learning. But anyway, uh, we're going to look at the tabernacle. Which a Tabernacle, that's the church, whatever. Well, there's, you got sort of, we hear the word temple, and then you got tabernacle. And then uh, the tabernacle was just sort of a temporary uh, structure built. And remember, when Mo- Moses didn't want to do it, he didn't even want to go to Pharaoh. He was—he, you always want to when you see people in the Bible. That's you. Uh, sometimes they say he won't make a type and shadow. Listen, well, he makes a lousy Jesus. He really does. I mean, he didn't want to go to Pharaoh. He was scared, and, all, and can you blame him? Because remember the story? He starts out floating in those reeds. You know, he's, he's, all the babies in the, uh, the Jews in Egypt were supposed to be killed. I mean, well, the men—you can figure that one out. But anyway. His mama spares him by trying to hide him in, these, uh, in a little floating thing. Anyway, Pharaoh's daughter sees him. She raises him. So he then immediately speeds up. He's been educated. And then, of course, he goes out to see his own people, the Jews. And then uh, one of the Egyptians is whipping up, which they were doing. They were beating and treating them as terrible slaves, uh, some of the Jewish uh, people there. And Moses just interceded and killed that guy. Okay, then the next day, Moses is out there and he sees two, two Israelites and they're fighting each, other's and he, each other and he says, hey, y'all don't need to be fighting, y'all are brothers. And one of them spun around and says, you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian the other day? Well, then Moses hightailed it. Pharaoh had found out about it, which would be his, his stepdad or whatever. Uh, and so Moses fled for his life. Anyway, so that's when the burning bush happens. Okay. The burning bush is basically, you know, you know, the Lord's talking with him and okay, go tell Moses, I mean, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses is like, they're not going to believe me. And that's when you hear about the throw your rod down, it becomes a snake, you know, stick your hand like Napoleon in here, it comes out leprous, you know, and, and anyway, so, and Moses doesn't want to go. He says, I can't speak. <laughs> yes, he can. He could speak fine. The book of Exodus, when you read it, because this is historical, the book of Exodus said that Moses was a good orator. But he was claiming before the Lord, I don't want to go. And can you blame him? Because his dad, if his dad was still living, well, actually, it wouldn't have been his stepdad. But uh, enough relatives would have known what had happened. But anyway, so you get them all the way out. uh, All these things, all those plagues and stuff, which are, it's fantastic. And we're supposed to know all those. And the only way to know them is if you just take time yourself, go back and read that story. By the time you get to Exodus 12, you've already left Pharaoh. You've cleaned it out by then. You've already finished. And so it's not long, but it's really funny in your own personal life to realize how easy it is to not read the Bible. It's like, wow, I hadn't read my Bible in a week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe a year. We'll catch back up and get back in the flow. Because your problems, it's so funny, they'll just fly out the window when you begin to read God's Word. Uh, So let's start here by, oh, I'm going to go to the book of Psalms. And in the book of Psalms, Oh. Notice what it says here. all oh, the joys of those who don't follow men's advice, who don't hang around with sinners scoffing at the things of God, but they delight in doing everything God wants them to. And day and night, look at that. They're always meditating on his laws and thinking about ways to follow him more closely. Well, how am I going to do that? Just, just read your Bible. That's what he's saying. Now, by reading your Bible, look what he says. They, this is you. You and I are like trees along a river bank. Look at this bearing uh, uh, fruit each season without fail. Now, look at this next verse. Their leaf shall not wither, and whatever they do will prosper. Now, I'm just living proof of that. I just read my Bible just by myself, do my best to do whatever I see in there, but just stay with it and remember that God's Word. Actually, things are tracking very nicely. You can just take I love to do research on a young earth. One of the things that's so great is the moon. There's a lot of things about the moon. But anyway, one thing, we're losing the moon. Here's the earth right here, the moon's out here, whatever, you know. It's slowly getting away. Well, if it's slowly getting away, you think, how many feet per minute? Okay, they know that. Now, how many minutes would there be to do that, given we're supposed to be here four point something billion years or right now it's 18 billion. You know, we're growing about 100 million years a year. They, they, They keep extending that number because the only way to keep their theories true is just say it's bound to have happened if it was billions of years ago. But that doesn't explain all these other things. But anyway, if you had all these billions of years, there's no way. The moon would have been just right on the Earth's crust rolling around, and there's no way. But anyway. So it just makes sense, and you start realizing there was a man named Jesus here at one point, and he believed every bit of this, you know. you know. So anyway, he says everything they do is going to prosper. Okay, wow. Let's go over here to uh, something we see in the New Testament. I want to go to 1 Corinthians. This is basically an email. Like I say, it's a letter. Notice from Paul to uh, uh, the Christians in Corinth and basically how it gets us. It says all Christians everywhere. Now I want to skip on over to the uh, sixth chapter. Oh, something here in the sixth chapter. Oh, let's see where we got it. Oh, let's see. Oh. Let me put this back in the King James just a moment. I can see the word faster there in the 6th chapter. This is the King James Version. Uh, Let's see. Oh. There it is. Look at that. What? Now, I know I'm taking a little bit out of context, but I I do want you to see the point, which is part of the context. It says, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Now we got the word temple. But it says now... Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost, which you have of God. You are not your own, and basically you've been bought with a price. Now, most of the times we hear about, now, let's all go out today and feel bad because the way we're treating the temple. Well, there's more to the story than worrying about how well we're doing with our temple. I mean, listen, God understands what we're dealing with, and he's here to help us. You can polish yourself up all you want to. And what's going to happen is you're probably just going to get arrogant about it. Or you're going to start thinking, well, maybe I can get my prayers based on how good I am. No, your prayers are going to get answered because of the name of Jesus. But interesting, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, uh, let's go over here to uh, the book of Hebrews. And uh, in the book of Hebrews, I want us to go over here to, this is another letter that uh, someone wrote. Could have been Paul. It doesn't matter. I mean, we, I, I make fun of the documentaries. They'll, they'll just, people on, that try to talk about the Bible, they'll say, well, the book of Exodus, you know, was written by possibly, we say, Moses. But it doesn't matter who wrote it. It's what it says. It's the important information. The bridge is out. It doesn't matter. Well, I don't know if it's qualification. If the bridge is out, I don't want to know, you know. Okay, anyway, but here we go. If you get over here to the 8th chapter, now look at this. He says, now we have... Book of Hebrews. Let me switch back to the Living Bible just a second. Uh, now, what we've been saying is this: Christ, whose priesthood we have just described, is our high priest. So, if we're thinking about a priest, you got to have a temple, okay? And we just found out we are the temple, okay? Now, uh, he says, "Is our high priest, and is at heaven at the greatest uh, at the place of greatest honor next to God Himself? He ministers. Look at this in the temple in heaven." The true place of worship built by the Lord and not by human hands. Okay, so let's um let me skip over to the it's the next chapter. Watch this. Now the first agreement, now this is your Old Testament. He's talking about when Moses brought this information to the people. Remember last week we were looking at it and that whole mountain was on fire, Mount Sinai. And the the voice of God was roaring. It was thundering. And Moses would reply. And God would, uh, well, Moses would speak and God would reply back. And it scared everybody. Scared everybody. Oh, let me come back to that just a moment. But look at the 12th chapter. Here's that, a quick recap of that. Uh, Look at that. You have not had to stand face to face with terror, flaming fire. What is this? Hell? No, 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 no. Uh Uh-uh. The terrible storm the Israelites did at Mount Sinai when God gave them his laws. Oh, it was just thunderous. And guess where you get that story? Exodus 18 or 19 right there. You read it for yourself and you go, whoo. I didn't realize that. Well, remember, nobody. Nobody was going to church. Nobody knew anything about God. Moses didn't even know anything about God much. He didn't. But he found out. But nonetheless, these were Abraham and Isaac and Jacob's children, and God had made a promise to them. And God's made that same promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It belongs to us. That's the reason our Bible is so wonderful. All these blessings belong to us. So anyway, all these people are hearing this. Wow. There was an awesome trumpet blast, a voice uh, with a message so terrible that people begged God to stop speaking. Wow. It was was amazing. Now, okay, after that, the Lord... um, Spoke to Moses. Now this is when Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days. And of course the people thought, he's dead. He ain't even up there. Something happened to him. So what they do? They built them a cow. Okay. Worshiped it. But anyway, let's think about what happened on that mountain. He said the first agreement, or what we got from Moses, between God and his people were rules for worship. And there was a sacred tent. Now you can look up a picture. I should not have one. But I did, you can see one on the internet. It's really nice. Because the details are there. Make the wall this way and this way. It was, it was temporary because they had to get up. They weren't going to stay at Mount Sinai. They're on the way to the promised land. So this thing had to be portable. Okay. The Ark of the Covenant, uh, all the details of that. But watch this. Inside the place of worship, there were two rooms. The first one contained the golden candlestick and a table with special loaves of holy bread upon it. This was part called the holy place. Now, before we go any further, think a minute with me. What, is this a restaurant for the priest? You know? No. And what's this candle standing? And what's this table doing in there? That was to show the presence of God. And we kind of do it in all our big churches today. We have the table of the Lord, you know, whatever. And it's, it's supposed to let us know that, as matter of fact, the bread is called the bread of His presence. It's not like, well, it's my bread only, you can't have it. <laughs> it's the bread of His presence, meaning that if you could see in there and you actually could, you know, you couldn't see in the Holy of Holies, but you could see that lamp on there and you could see this, uh, uh, the bread that was in there constantly. And it would let you know, praise the Lord. Inside this room, there were two rooms. One contained the golden candlestick with a, spe- with a table and special loaves, holy bread upon it. This was part called the holy place. See, the table and stuff was outside. Then there's going to be a most holy place behind another curtain. Okay. This was part called the Holy Place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a room called the Holy of Holies. In that room, there was a golden incense altar. In other words, what's that? Okay. And a, and the golden chest. I, this is what gets me. I mean, don't worry about having a new car. Don't worry about having nice clothes. Don't worry about all these blessings that you can receive in this life. It's okay. When we look in just a moment at this. At this temple that God built, it's wonderful. I mean, uh, I know Myrna goes to First Baptist. Great! Hallelujah! Look what they did to their buildings. That's wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. We got some people today just like, Well, you could have gave that money to the poor. Well, they'd have blown it, you know. And you can always do things for the poor. We're not out in left field here. But what's great is don't feel bad about having blessings. So anyway, that room with the golden incense and the gold chest called, look at that, the Ark of the Covenant, completely covered on all sides with pure gold. Wow! Inside the Ark, we remember this from Sunday school. What was in there? Well, there was the Ten Commandments, and then there was a golden jar with some manna on it. And then there's a story about Aaron's wood, wooden cane that budded. And a little incident happened one time, and Moses had to show that the people that look, if this is true, then this. I mean, the Lord actually showed it, and that everybody knew that Cain not supposed to grow, and all of a sudden it had flowers starting to bloom out of it. Okay. Now, remember we looked and said, we're the temple of God. Okay. All right, above the, above the chest were statues of angels. Wow, We don't believe in angels. Those things are at, uh, uh, you know, Cracker Barrel, and they're just to make us all feel good. Well, the Lord actually said, build this with this design. Okay. And their wings stretched out over the golden cover. Notice what it's called. The mercy seat. And we treat ourselves today in our own troubles and difficulties like I'm not the best Christian in the world. You're gonna get mercy. You're not gonna get anything by just trying to make yourself look so bad. You need to at least be like the prodigal. What did the prodigal do? Well, I'm gonna go back to my dad, you know, and, and tell him I've been a jerk and whatever. And because he knew he's gonna get some, he knew he'd be taken care of just like the hired help. But what did his father do? Put a ring on his finger, shoes for his feet. They had a party. The one who was to blame was the brother later on. But anyway, notice it says, but enough of such details. Okay, so I want to go back now and let's go to the book of Exodus because that statement in the book of Hebrews thinks we already know this. Let's go back over here and we're going to go to, let's see, I think it's about 18. I'm guessing as well as you are. This is all historical, so uh, all you got to do is just follow the history as you go through... Okay, let's see. They got... We covered that. Let's see. All right. Okay. I think I got that. Excuse me, just a second. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's one thing I want to point out. The Lord had... Um, oh, gave Moses on the mountain. Starting in chapter 21. You know, he says things. If you buy a Hebrew slave, let he only, he's only going to serve six years. On the seventh year, he's got to be free. You know, if he was married, this, 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 this. You know, and there are some interesting details here, and there was a reason for them. But anyway, after, uh, by the time you, and these are short chapters, that's the end of it. Here we are back for some more history. Now, I want to get to, uh, you yeah, know, right here, starting at 25. He says, tell the people of Israel, everyone that wants to may bring me an offering from this list. Gold, silver, bronze, blue cloth." Well, wait, we're all broke. No, they weren't. God promised Abraham in Genesis 17, 17 and 15. I'm pretty sure it's 17. He said, they're going to wind up in Egypt. Your grandkids, great grandkids, you know, basically six, 700 years, 400 years. No, that's not right. It was about, oh, well, they were in bondage for 400 years. So it was it was roughly about 600 years since Abraham had that vision from the Lord. But the Lord promised him, your children are going to come out. They're going to be in bondage as slaves, but they're going to come out with great wealth. He actually said that, with great wealth. So no wonder the Lord says, hey, tell everybody if they want to, they can bring gold, silver, bronze, blue cloth, purple cloth, scarlet cloth, oh, I have a little trouble with that. Sounds like LSU colors to me, but nonetheless. <laughs> anyway, anyway, red dyed ram skins. There we got some red there. Goat skins, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamp, spices for the anointing oil, uh, and onyx stones to be set in the ephah uh, and in the breastplate. For I want the people of Israel to make me a sacred temple. Look at this. Now here's the purpose. I'm showing you yeah, how what a big shot I am. No, I can live with them. Wow. Praise the Lord. So what we see here is today we realize that, hey, don't you know that you're the temple of the Lord? These things are, the whole New Testament is referring back to the old time. And here's the new time with Jesus and he is our high priest. So it's like, these things must matter. This home shall be mine. Notice a tent pavilion. That's because they can't build anything permanent right here. This has got to go with them. But why did it go with them? It was to show, remember there's six million Roughly Jews. And everybody saw that God was with them. The other nations around them were totally scared after what happened to Egypt. Wouldn't you be scared unless you were an Israelite? Remember the story of Balaam? I'm not going in much detail there, but Balaam, he couldn't curse them. He wasn't going to. His talking donkey and all that kind of stuff. But when he did speak, he said, Oh, that I could die as happy as an Israelite. So we have to watch it when we wake up and we start thinking about my day is rotten and whatever and all these problems. and what We have the Lord. This is, you were actually supposed to go out to the tabernacle if you had any kind of trouble and the Lord would fix it. This is amazing. This home of mine shall be a tent pavilion, a tabernacle. And look at this. I'll give you a drawing of the construction plans and the details of each furnishing. Now why? Because this was a copy of what was in heaven. Think about Jesus. He rises from the dead. Mary runs to Him. She falls and grabs His his legs. You know, she's hanging on to Him. He says, don't touch me. He said, I've not yet ascended to my Father and your Father, but go tell my brothers. Now, wait a minute. A few times later, well, just a couple of days later, He tells them, He says, handle me. A spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. Well, what happened? He took His blood into the Holy of Holies. That's what He did. He was our high priest. Because later on, you could touch him. You could shake hands with him, whatever. He walked through the wall. And he asked him, you got anything to eat? (laughs) Wow. Okay. And then the book of John, he was cooking on the side of the lake there one time. Okay. This home of mine, he says, use acacia wood, make the ark. Now, here's the ark. Let's just get the details a little bit here. The Living Bible puts it more I mean, it converts the words for us where we can, the ark, you know, actually the word ark is really, it's, it comes from a coffin is what it is, because that's what it is. We what do you think a little a coffin is? Okay, that's what it is. It's just kind of a short one. Look at the size. Okay, so it's three and three quarter, about like that. Let's see. That's long. Two and a quarter this way, and about that much high. Overlay it inside and out with pure gold. And molding of gold around it, cast four rings of gold for it to attach four lower corners, two rings on it. That was, this was so well, he tells you, to, uh, the ark to carry it. That was because we got to carry it. Matter of fact, the Lord had promised. You can read this. Remember, all this is historical Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then Joshua. It's historical. You can watch it all the way through. When they finally finished this ark in Exodus, I mean, the tabernacle, then Leviticus is how to operate and Put everything... Well, they got it all together, but how to do all the sacrifices. And then then they're on their move in numbers. And numbers is what? It's numbers. What time, statistics. They had all the details. How many people, whose family... That's the reason we're in total trouble if these words are not true. Because they actually stuck their neck out and said, I was married to so-and-so and we had three kids. And then my grandmother... I mean, they had the details. But anyway. So this thing... This ark, they would actually carry it when it was time to go. The priest would carry this thing before them. When they would run into any kind of trouble, man, uh, God promised them, you'll annihilate your enemies. Just get the priest to go carry that ark, walk out in front of those bad guys, and it'll all be over with. Okay, so that's the purpose of those rings. He said, the carrying poles shall never be taken from the rings. When the ark is finished, place the tables of stone I give you, the Ten Commandments in them. Make the lid of pure gold. And it's about the same size. Look at this. Look at the phrase here. Let's get this because we're not going to cover much. Uh, we've got to go home. This is the place for mercy for your sins. Now, Paul wrote, well, you could see it in the life of Jesus everywhere he went. He'd say, my son, your sins are forgiven thee. And he'd heal the guy. But you got Romans 8, verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, we can point the finger at the homosexuals. We can point the finger at the drunkards and and point our fingers at the drug, whatever. And, man, we're all in trouble because of Adam. Adam passed down sin to all of us. Now, we've added to it. But the point is, is this ark, it represented the place. He come up with this. We didn't. Moses didn't say, you know, we need a place of mercy if you could kind of work that in your plan. This was the plan, the place of mercy. Wow. And then look at this. Here comes those angels. Of course, God doesn't believe in angels. Oh, mercy, he does. Oh, wow. He created them. Then make two statues of guardian angels using beaten gold and place them at the ends of the lid. They shall be one place one piece with a mercy speak, look, uh, mercy place, one at each end. The guardian angels, look at that. They'll be facing each other, looking down on the place of mercy. Now, I remember Peter wrote a letter, and he said, he put it this way. He said, he was naming some things about the Lord. He said, things into which the angels are looking into. I mean, the angels are curious about this. Praise the Lord. Okay. And then he said, put the lid on the ark and place the ark and the uh, uh, tables, I'll give you. And I, look at this. And I, I will meet you there and talk with you from above the mercy, uh, 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 the place of mercy between the guardian angels and the ark containing the law and my covenant. I will tell you of my commands to the people of Israel. Now, notice the phrase there. He says, I will meet with you there and talk with you. Now, he comes on down and says, now make me a table. I mean, God is just setting up his place. He wants to be with his people. Now you gotta understand, there's no Jesus having died for our sins. And it's boy, it looks like rough business in the Old Testament. And uh, but God is trying to get in a position here to be with uh the, the Israelites, who he carried he he brought them out, he said as on angels' wings, he's been taking care of them. Oh uh, but anyway, he said to make this table again. This table is gonna have rings. Uh, with it that so that you can put uh, uh, poles through it to carry it it's portable because I'm going to go with you oh anyway he says now look at this, look at this phrase and we need to stop he said and always keep the bread of the presence of this table before me the bread of the presence what's that the presence of the Lord praise God oh we're about out of time but anyway let's see well I'm about done with this let's finish this and he said, make a lamp stand, pure beaten gold. This is that they call it the David's lamp, whatever. He's got six over here, and six over here, and one in the center. Oh, uh, you got three branches uh going out each side and a center shaft. Oh, uh, he said the central shaft is decorated with four almond flowers. Place each set anyway. These decorations, look, it's pure gold. He actually tells you this thing, yeah, look at this. A hundred man, he talks about these women's rings. Ah, oh, that's a big old ring you got there." <laughs> It didn't weigh near as much as 107 pounds of gold. Wow. And notice what he says right here, this last thing. You can pick this up and you can read the rest up for yourself. Be sure you do everything to make, uh, everything you make follows the pattern I'm showing you here in the mountain. And of course, that's what we see in the New Testament. That there was a this was a pattern of things in heaven. And why did he say? He mentioned the bread of his presence, the lamp there. The place of mercy. And so for us to walk out of here and think, well, I don't even know if God even knows my name. But we're missing a lot of stuff. Remember that? He knows how many hairs is on your head. I mean, come on. There's not a sparrow that falls to the ground, the scriptures, without him knowing it. Praise the Lord. These things must be so. Well, they are. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you. If we're not feeling good, praise the Lord. You're demonstrating you wanted to be in our presence. You tried to fix it where you could be in our lives, take care of our sins or whatever they are. You'll help us. So if we're not feeling good today, I thank you. You'll help us there. If we're hurting financially, praise the Lord. You'll help us there. And if it's some other problem, not even finances, not even health, it's just some other problem we're dealing with, you will certainly fix that. Well, we thank you that you're our God. And that doesn't leave anything left, but for us to leave records like you left records about what these people did back then and how blessed they were. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad y'all come out. Yeah, you, it's it's amazing it, that, uh, John, when you and I were at uh, Weatherly, you probably got one. Of, did you see one of these things? That... Uh, That's when this thing came out.